Boy Scouts of the Air in Belgium by Gordon Stewart Chapter 7 The Cloud Climber Bob Reddy and his comrades were a trifle subdued as Loomp piloted them into the shed which guarded the entrance to the storage yard. Everything was grim, quiet, and shadowy about the place. The light in the shed was very dim. Close beside it sat a swarthy, bewhiskered man, braiding three straps together. As the boys filed past him, he bestowed upon each, in turn, a piercing look. But he did not address any of them, not even Loomp. The intruders gathered at one side of the room, awed but cautious, and hardly knowing what to do with themselves. Dark and mystic midnight, sinister-looking man, wild dash from the midst of the enemy. Ha-ha! Stage whispered Ned into Bob's ear. In a few minutes, the man arose and extinguished the light. Then he spoke some words in a guttural tone, which only Loop understood. Just keep with me, he said, and they groped their way behind him to arrive in an open yard. At one end, under a high, open roof, supported by long, stout posts, a bulging object was quite clearly outlined as their eyes became accustomed to the gloom and darkness. That is the airship, I suppose, Bob whispered to Loomp. The latter nodded in assent and halted as the man spoke again. Then the latter was lost to view as he pottered around the roofed-over space. He used a small shaded lantern as he moved about. The boys watched him with increasing interest, or rather, they studied the machine that he was getting ready for a flight. Bob knew considerable about aircrafts. Several times he had gone aloft with the professionals during a meet near the spot where the Boy Scouts had made camp. Besides that, once he had run an airship, although under direction of its usual operator, who made it a point to keep conveniently behind the pilot post. As far as Bob could make out, the machine before him was ingenious in construction and suggested a sort of junior zeppelin mechanism. It carried a gas bag above an aeroplane structure of rather complicated form. The sustaining gas bag was flexible and resembled the average drifting balloon, except that it was long and pointed in shape. The lower part had wooden ribs and metal bearings strongly socketed to withstand collision. There were the usual wind gauge and lever, and the propeller was of the latest moon pattern, like that used on power boats. The pilot seat was adjusted in the same way as an ordinary monoplane, and behind this was a space deep enough to carry a good load of freight. Behind this was a semicircular pit, easily capable of holding perhaps a half a dozen boys. Loomp said, smuggler, whispered Bob cautiously to Ned, and I guess he's right. Why do you think so? asked Ned. Because I see the man has got the front part filled with something, and did you ever see such a layout for an airship? Here the owner of the craft rolled the machine out from under the shelter. The gas bag was only partly distended, and he set in motion a little whirling mechanism with a tube running upwards 
which evidently fed gasoline from a cylinder lining the sides of the passenger and freight pits. The operator again spoke to Loop. Pile in, ordered the latter to his companions. Get your places. There was a jolly scramble. The zest of the adventure, its very oddity, the charm of its uncertainty, filled the boys with a pleasurable excitement. They jostled into the seats, excitedly chattering in an undertone. The operator had climbed into his seat. Without belting himself in, he gave the self-starter a kick. Without so much as a jerk, the wheels left the ground, and the machine started up on a slanting drive for the clouds. There was a moment of breathless exhilaration for the young passengers. They held on tightly, for the angle of their rise tipped them backwards and dizzied them. The night was moonless, and after a few hundred feet, the earth haze grew denser and denser as they rose. If we should be seen by the Germans, what then? asked Bob. Our man seems to be making a special point of keeping out of their way, remarked Lump. He knows his business. Unless a searchlight went hunting for them, there seemed to be little danger of the craft being discovered from below. The operator, once gaining the altitude he had aimed for, directed the machine on a perfectly level flight. Outlines earthward were dim now. Even points of light in the landscape were indistinct. Say, whispered Ned to Bob, did you notice that the pilot's space around the man is packed with a lot of round things? I did, answered Bob. I saw them too, put in Miles. They look like round bags full of something. Smuggling goods, eh? guessed Bob. Ask him, urged Ned. Loop leaned forward and addressed the operator in what seemed to be Flemish. The latter laughed and growled out a word in reply. What does he say? inquired Bob as Loomp leaned back again. Eggplants. Oh, nonsense, jibbed Ned. He's fooling you. Then you'll have to guess it out. That's all he will say. The progress of the airship for the next hour was pleasant and interesting. Loomp watched every movement of the machine. It zigzagged considerably, as though following a marked-out course. You know what I think? he finally remarked. What? inquired Bob. This man, he's following the river. That means keeping right between the danger lines. Then, too, he's going southeast. That means towards the big German camps. At the end of half an hour, the machine made a sudden, sharp volplane. There was a rustle of new interest among the boys. Something doing, voted Ned. What did he say? The operator had shot some quick words back to Loomp. He says to hold snug and quiet. Be ballast and do no talking, whispered Loomp. Maybe he's going to land us, surmised Tom. I hope not, put in Miles. I'm enjoying this immensely. Bob tried to study out the motive for the erratic maneuvers of the aviator. He made some startling drops. He was certainly seeking the lower air levels with a purpose in view, for he was constantly leaning forward to look below. Finally, the machine drifted below the haze, and the passengers could see details on the earth quite clearly. "'Why say,' spoke Ned suddenly, "'we're nearing a camp.' All necks were craned. 
there was a strained silence, and the boys were all eyes. Ahead of them, in a great clearing, in a patch of forest, campfires and tent lights showed. They could make out sentries and others moving about. At a sudden snapping noise from the engine, the operator abruptly uttered a sharp exclamation of concern. The men quickly adjusted the engine to shut off such telltale warning to the camp below. It was too late. He uttered a kind of irritable snarl, as below, as if on signal, a searchlight was unhooded. With a decided thrill, Bob watched him as he gave the wheel at the pilot post a quick shunt, driving the machine forward at increasing speed, and then lifted up one of the eggplants. The man appeared to snap open a set lighter at his side. There was a hiss, and the momentary flash of flame showed Bob that the operator had lit a short fuse trailing from the eggplant. He leaned over the edge of the machine. "'It's a bomb!' cried Ned in unrestrained excitement. And awed and silenced, the boys watched the swift rocket-like gleam shooting earthwards. "'My, this is no child's play!' gasped Miles, as there was a frightful explosion below. The staring bunch could clearly trace the course of the bomb. It struck a cluster of tents, sweeping them into nothingness, as though a cyclone had burst over them. The operator laughed with unconcerned satisfaction. He immediately applied both hands now towards getting out of range to the obscurity of the upper air level. The nose of the machine was tipped, and they rose under full speed. All this time, however, those below, operating the searchlight, had been getting the range. The rays had twice rounded the horizon, rising to a narrowing focus. A dazzling burst of radiance half-blinded the boys. The man at the wheel uttered a growl of mingled rage and dismay. The broad, piercing pencil of light now completely enwrapped the airship, outlining the machine and its occupants as plain as day.